Good morning. Welcome to Lighthouse Bible Church. As you, most of you know, Pastor John is in Arizona teaching at the Bible Conference of Baba Ministries and his good friend, Pastor Rory Clark. So I'll try to keep you all awake and make this as painless as possible. Let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you for all the many blessings you have provided for us. Most importantly, sending your only Son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to pay for the sins of all mankind and provide the gift of eternal life to those who simply believe and trust in Jesus. We pray for the needs of everyone here and our families, as well as the persecuted Christians all over the world, and for their deliverance from suffering and for the United States of America to be convicted of our need for God. Please bless all of us and prepare our hearts and minds today as we seek to learn more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please stand and worship with us. Thank you, choir, for the praise worship. Well, uh, good morning. Welcome again. Um, there, you probably already know this, all of you. <laughs> There's a guest tablet in the lobby if you like to sign in, and a prayer box and prayer request forms that you can fill out if you would like us to pray for you on our Thursday night Bible study and prayer group. So please raise your hand if you don't have a Bible today. And uh, as you know, okay. As you know, each month we feature a different missionary organization which we pray for and support. We encourage you also to do this in any way you feel able. This month is Grace Prison Ministries, the ministry led by Keithy and Starling. Keithy and Starling, as most of you know, is a former prisoner who came to know and love our Lord Jesus Christ in prison many years ago and turned his life around through faith in Christ. He decided to serve God through bringing the gospel of salvation and the word of God to persons who are incarcerated. So please pray for this important ministry and support it as the Lord leads. You can donate here by just notating Grace Prisons on your check or go to their website at www.graceprisons.org. Okay, well, um, today I'm going to teach a little bit on one of my favorite books. I think it might be the, my, the favorite book, um, and that's First uh, Peter chapter 1. So we're not going to start right out in First Peter chapter 1, but we're going to get there pretty quick. Um, the book of First Peter was written around the mid to late first century, with some scholars calling it as much as 60 to 160. AD. The book has been traditionally ascribed to the Apostle Peter, um, and that is stated in chapter 1, verse 1, and again in 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 1. Um, so Peter was martyred sometime around 64 to 68 AD, according to most sources. So if he was the author, it seems that prior to 68 would be the only valid assumption. And there is, however, a fair amount of opinion that 
First Peter was written either by someone else um, using his name or written by a secretary as dictated to Peter um, because some of the scholars feel that Peter was not as fluent in the Greek as uh, it seems that the writing is. Well, not being a Greek scholar myself, I couldn't answer that question. So, uh, anyway, there are a number of similarities, however, between the book of First Peter and his speeches in Acts, as well as other evidence that Peter did write these epistles. Uh, so we're going to start um, with an example of Peter's speech to the Jewish high priest in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12, when he had been put in jail for preaching the gospel. So Acts chapter 4, I'm sorry, yeah, Acts chapter 4, verse 8, beginning. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, who you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, This man stands before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. So cornerstone here is a reference to Isaiah chapter 28, 16, which we're not going to go there right now. Um, quoted again in First Peter 2 and verse 6, which we're going to get to a little bit later. The reference in both places refers to our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone of our Christian faith. The cornerstone was at the foundation of a building in the ancient world to which the rest of the building was built upon. God uses this as an analogy to explain our Lord being the foundation of Christianity. Um, we're going to go now to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. And I titled the message, A Perfect Inheritance, today, which the book of 1 Peter is one of my favorite books, and the first chapter especially is extremely comforting to believers who are suffering pain or troubles or especially to someone with a terminal illness. So let's start in uh, in, ver- in First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. The author is speaking to believers. He calls them aliens, possibly because They are believers and not part of the general unbelieving populace. 
or because they are from the regions described, which are all in modern-day Turkey, um, not in uh, the land of Israel at the time. And their true home is in heaven. And so they are aliens on earth. I'm sure everybody's heard that before. Um, Okay. Here's a little map. As you can see, all those Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia um, are... These are specific areas where Christianity had extended to in the first several decades after the beginning of the church and are now part of modern-day Turkey, as we said. It was possibly the route that the original courier of Peter's letter would follow in distributing the letter. This, This letter was not written to any one congregation, but written for the benefit of all Christians. He explains, Peter explains that they are chosen due to the foreknowledge of God, who foreknew in eternity past, among other things, who would believe and trust in Christ. God foreknew all future events and each person's free will choice to believe or to reject Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world. See Romans eight twenty-eight through 32, which is a whole separate study. We're not going to go there right now. Um, I think Pastor John is going to do a study on these verses on one of our upcoming Thursday night Bible studies. So that'll be really interesting. Anyway, these chosen or elect people are sanctified by the Holy Spirit and called to obey Christ and also sprinkled with his blood. Because people have sin and corruption in their soul, they must be cleansed and receive God's righteousness when they hear the gospel and believe in Christ. The sprinkling of the blood of Christ is the analogy of the death of Christ on the cross, paying the price for believers' sins so that they can receive all the blessings that salvation brings. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ spoke of blood during the Last Supper. In sharing a final meal with his followers, he said the wine represented his blood, which would be poured out for us in Luke chapter 22, verse 20. His blood also was the seal of the new covenant of grace in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five. His death on the cross was a perfect sacrifice on behalf of the sins of humanity and serves as a fulfillment of the ritual annual animal sacrifices that were performed in the Old Testament. His resurrection sealed the deal that gave us eternal life and the inheritance, which we will see shortly as we read through the chapter of First Peter, chapter 1. Um, and this, of course, is what we celebrate by the Lord's Supper, at the beginning of every month, which will be next week, I believe, if my calendar is right. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 uh, explains this a little further, beginning in verse 19. So if you want to turn there, we'll read uh, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. Hebrews chapter ten nineteen. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence 
to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a full, with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean by the blood of Christ from an evil con- conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The author then exhorts believers in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, hope meaning confident assurance, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another in love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I want to make an, a, a distinction here on the word hope, as it will be seen several times in today's scripture verses. The usage of the word hope in this context does not mean the way we use it today as I hope you get well soon or my hope is to win the lottery. The Greek word elpis here is defined by Strong's Greek Dictionary of the New Testament as follows. From elpo, which is a primary word to anticipate, usually with pleasure, expectation, abstract or concrete, or confidence, faith and hope. So the rest of uh, this verse 2 salutation goes on to pray for grace and peace in the fullest. And then in the following verses begins to reveal some of the great blessings given to them by God, given to us by God, all believers. So we'll continue in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. That's a lot. There's a lot in there. In fact, I think I'm going to read it again because it's so beautiful. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again for a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. So, being born again to a living hope, hope meaning confident expectation of eternal life and a resurrection body, and the many other blessings given by God to believers at salvation, These blessings can be found on our LBC website under 50 Things That Describe Who You Are in Christ. For an exciting and revealing time, go there and review these wonderful gifts from God to all who trust in Christ. And I have printed, uh, we actually had some printed back there. They're on the the bottom of the first bookshelf, I think. Um, I printed another 10 copies, so in case you can't go to the website or would rather look at it in paper, there they are. Okay, and moving on, obtaining an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, for all believers. This inheritance is far and away unlike any earthly inheritance that a person could receive. An inheritance is something that most people are happy to receive and may be large or small and can come in many forms. It could be money in the bank, stocks, bonds, land, income property, fine art, gold, silver, and many other things, some that are valuable and some not so much, like a broken down old boat or car. Uh, If any of you have seen the movie Captain Ron, They inherited a sailboat and went to look at it, and it was pretty broken down. More work. So anyway, like many adverse troubles can befall any of these things, like fire, theft, floods or market crashes, and business failures. So an inheritance that is imperishable and will not fade away is the best kind of inheritance to have. And this is what... This is what Peter is telling us that we have through our faith in Christ. And it's reserved in heaven for all believers, for each and every one of us. And he goes on to say that we're protected by the power of God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ until the revealing of the blessings of the results of your salvation, your inheritance in heaven. You have joy of Rejoicing in this hope or confident assurance of your inheritance in heaven in times of distress or suffering. This should be very comforting for a Christian who may be in great pain with illness or realizing he is close, close to death. And the proof of your faith, which is more precious than gold, 
will result in your glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This will happen at the rapture when the Lord returns to bring us all to himself. All believers at the rapture. Even though we do not see him, which we do not see him now, we love him and can have great joy because of our faith in him and the blessings and promises we receive as a result of his grace. Thanks to the great mercy of God, you obtain as the outcome of your faith in Christ the salvation of your souls through God's grace. And thanks And um, James chapter 1 weighs in on the joys of the trials of a life of a Christian, beginning in verse 2. But you don't really need to turn there because uh, I'll just read it. It's very short. Um, Where James says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Ephesians, turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 3 repeats the themes of the foreknowledge, foreknowledge and predestination of God, the redemptive power of the blood, and the imperishable inheritance that is reserved in heaven for all believers. So Ephesians chapter 1, beginning of verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, meaning Jesus Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us, In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, Christ, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on earth. In him, also, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. To the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed with him, with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, I too, 
having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the ages to come. So uh, we'll move on now to verse 10. Peter, verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating, as he, God, predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things, which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So verses 10 and 12 point out that the prophets were diligent in recording God's word pertaining to the gospel of Jesus. This is what is meant by serving not themselves, but those who God foreknew would become his chosen ones through faith in Christ. This is the you in verse 12. And if this message to these alien believers is applicable to all believers, and I believe it most certainly is, then we can all expect that all of these blessings are meant for us. And moving on to verse 13, he goes on with a therefore which you wonder what it's there for. It means because of the aforementioned facts, act accordingly. And he describes what that should look like. In other words, because of all these things we've learned. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember, the word hope here means confident assurance and preparing our minds for action means learning and applying God's word. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. If you address the Father, if you address as Father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself with fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb 
unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Peter begins exhortation to believers as how they should live, fixing our hope on the grace of God and Christ, being obedient to his command, and rejecting the former things of the flesh. This is because believers are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a perfect lamb and fulfillment of the sacrificial lambs in the Old Testament. Um, We're going to turn to Acts 10 and verse 34, another of Peter's speeches. Okay, Acts 10.34. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, Starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, proving that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and Savior, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. And God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible. Not to all the people, but to the witnesses that were chosen beforehand, those who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people And solemnly testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God to judge the living and dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And going going on in chapter 1 Peter chapter 1, continuing in verse 20, once again referencing God's foreknowledge. For he, Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have in obedience to the truth, Purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living, enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. 
And this is the word which was preached to you. In verse 20 through 25, we're commanded to fervently love one another since we have been born again through the living and enduring word of God, which unlike flesh, flowers, or grass endures forever. So this is his his exhortation and because we have all these blessings and they're all imperishable, how, how we're to uh, live our lives. Well, verse 24 and 25 are a quote from Isaiah chapter 40, which gives a similar message. Place your hope not in the flesh, which may look beautiful as flowers, but will fade and die. But in the promises of the Lord and our future inheritance revealed right here in his word. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5, you don't have to turn there, um, says, The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Call out. Then he answered, What shall I call out? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass, and the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Now this line of exhortation continues in the first part of chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Okay, First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, because of all these things that we've studied previously, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for pure milk of the word, so that by it you might grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So verses 1 through 3 Tell us to put aside the old ways of the flesh and long to learn the word of God as a, as a baby longs for milk. This is so that we can grow in the knowledge of our salvation and the blessings we receive through faith in Christ because of the kindness of our Lord. Continuing in verse 4, And coming to him as a living stone which has been rejected by men but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. So verse 6 is quoting from Isaiah Chapter 28, verse 16, in which the Lord promises a cornerstone to cancel the covenant with death for those who believe in it. As we have seen previously, Christ is the cornerstone. And I'll just read Isaiah 28:16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed, he who believes in it will not be disturbed. So there's more on the cornerstone. And you can see the references, multiple references to the Old Testament, to Isaiah. 
Um, it's just, just amazing. And in verse 7, continuing in verse 7, This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. So this cornerstone, Jesus Christ, is of precious value to those who believe, but a stumbling block to those who reject him, as the Jews did during his life. And many still do, and many Jews and Gentiles still reject our Lord. So going on to a summary of uh, what we are learning today, 1 Peter chapter 1 is written to believers. These and all believers are chosen by God according to his foreknowledge of their future decision to trust in Christ. They and all believers are sanctified by the Holy Spirit and cleansed by the substitutionary blood of Christ. We, believers, have been born again to a living hope, confident expectation of our inheritance, as described today by 1 Peter, through Christ's resurrection. And this hope that we have, confident assurance, again, is a perfect and imperishable inheritance reserved in heaven for all believers. We, believers, are protected by the power of God through our faith. And the proof of our faith will result in praise and glory and honor when Christ comes back at the rapture. And we should rejoice as we receive salvation as the outcome of our faith. Therefore, Because of all this, we should prepare our hearts and minds for action, fixing our confidence on the grace we will receive at the rapture and reject the former lusts of the world, fervently love one another, put aside all malice, slander, etc., and long for the word of God. And acknowledging that Christ is the foundation of all of our blessings, past, present, and future. Remembering at all times the many blessings we have from God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we should be very thankful for the perfect inheritance which is reserved in heaven for all of us as believers. So as we close our service today, if anyone has not yet believed in Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time to make that decision. We know that we can't earn or deserve salvation or eternal life. As Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, so that no one can boast. And in Romans 6, 22, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God has made salvation so simple that all you have to do is close your eyes and tell God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins, was resurrected by God, and I trust in him as my Lord and Savior. So Lighthouse Bible Church is a grace ministry and is supported by gifts from believers who desire to support the teaching of God's word. We don't ask for pledges of money, and we don't pass the plate. But our ministry does have needs, so keep that in your thoughts and prayers. If God puts it on your heart to help support this ministry, there is a box in the back, or you can simply mail a check or donate online. So let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to worship you and study your word today. And we ask that you bless us with your loving grace and answer our prayers as we leave today. Help us to keep the confidence in our perfect inheritance in Christ at the forefront of our mind, especially when we are experiencing the trials of life. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Have a great week.